Hey, I'm Foz. And I'm Becca. And this is a podcast where two friends gather on the sofa to talk about things that people don't really talk about that much. Welcome to Under the Rug. Tang Fastics. That was a big old mouth of Tang Fastics. Are you regretting the sourness? <laughs> You're gonna start drooling uncontrollably shortly. It's like how can how many can you fit in your mouth? The drooling thing is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, because it because it makes I don't know if you ever get this, but it makes like the side of my cheeks like zing and then I just drool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you say when you want to start properly? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not that this isn't gripping content. <laughs> it is. It's definitely gripping content. Yeah. So, discussion topic this week: loneliness. We're going to talk about loneliness. Loneliness, the silent killer. No, that's something else. Well, no, I think actually some of the research that I've been doing suggests that it is a bit of a silent killer. Actually, uh, something that we're not talking about. I mean, there's loads of different articles about loneliness in the elderly, loneliness during the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, is loneliness a pandemic? How long have we been suffering with loneliness? Is it a thing that's new? Is it something that affects young people? Even primary, there was stuff on CBBC with primary school children being affected by loneliness. Wow. And what and how do we define loneliness? So we'll get onto that. Right. What have you been sweeping under the rug this week? This week, I have been sweeping under the rug when I have been at my desk and when I have not been at my desk. <laughs> yeah, that whole nine to five issue, right? Yeah, so everyone's working from home at the moment. I always had a few days a week working from home anyway, just because of the nature of my job. Um, and my work are brilliant in that, you know, they trust you to get the job done. There's no one sort of standing over your shoulder at 9am to say, where are you? And, you know, making sure that you don't clock out before half past five or whatever, you know. They sound like a woke employer. <laughs> They have been accused of being a woke employer, yes. Yeah, which which could be bad or, or good. Yeah, I mean, I obviously think it's good. If you work for good. Boris Johnson, he thinks it's bad. Yeah, if you ask the Home Secretary, she thinks it's bad. But um, <laughs> but I think it's great. But yes, um, there's still, I think a lot of people will have this, you know, an, an internalised thing of if you're not chained to your desk for um, a reasonable amount of time, you're clearly slacking or you're being lazy or, you know, you're, you're shirking or whatever. So on Friday at about three o'clock, my brain just said, um, no, you are done. That's it. You're out of juice for the week. Um, and obviously at three o'clock, it's like, oh, this is not quite the end of the work day. I can't, I can't actually leave my desk now, can I? And no one's coming around with a drinks trolley. No. The service in my flat is terrible, I will say. Oh, yeah, because you live alone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am a terrible hostess to myself. Yeah. I managed to claw on doing some boring email admin for about an hour and then thought, Mm, probably enough. How did you feel when you were going through that process? Did you feel guilty? Did you feel like you were letting people down? So guilty. Yes, right. so guilty. Really like I was being naughty, you know? Like I'm a 34-year-old professional woman. <laughs> like I'm not a naughty child that's trying to shirk off work. It's that I got to the end of my capabilities this week. But somehow still in my mind, it was like, oh, someone's going to tell you off. So that's my rug. That's your rug. What's been under, what have you swept under the rug this week? Well, this sort of ties in with the loneliness thing. Apparently Monday, I don't know if you knew, uh, that Monday was Blue Monday. I don't know what it, I don't know what it was. Monday I felt okay, actually. So maybe it wasn't uh, that specific day. Uh, but this week's just, yeah, I've been in a bit of a, what do they call it? I guess fug. 
Maybe mm. that's a word. Um, funk. Funk. A fog. Yeah, a fog. Funk yeah, anything soul beginning brother. with like any four or three letter word beginning with F. That well, sounds you want to watch out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, and I don't know why. It's something, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? With, and we'll get onto this with loneliness chat, but it's, um, I felt, I felt very lonely this week. Uh, like I say, I'm here with, with my wife in the flat and, um, shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily, and I feel like I can tell her anything. And she was asking me all week, you know, you okay, you feeling all right? Great questions. Those are the questions to ask, not like what's wrong with you. I'm okay, but obviously clearly I'm not. Uh, and I don't really know why. It's a bit difficult to sort of just start a conversation with someone where it's just, you don't really know where it's going to lead. Uh, and that person isn't a counsellor, isn't a trait. They're not paid to do this. You know, they're sat there to listen, ask questions or whatever. So I just tend to just sort of just internalise stuff and deal with it by myself. So would you say the thing that you've swept under the rug this week is yourself? Myself, yes, actually. And that leads us very nicely onto our conversation topic, which is loneliness. Let's jump into it. Before we do that, can we can we just define what loneliness is? Because well, there's differences between like loneliness and isolation and social anxiety and depression and things, right? So so yeah, loneliness is sort of a specific feeling is that right yeah that's exactly right so I've got I've got three definitions here uh, one from psychology today uh, one from Wikipedia and one from mind.org which is a UK-based uh, mental health charity my, my let's let's talk about my definition of it mm-hmm. and and I'll ask you about yours but my definition and we can go through the official ones is is, is a lack of con- a connection meaningful I don't like the the definitions. The official definitions say social interaction, meaningful social social interaction. But to me, I think it's it's just meaningful connection. I think that that lack of connection, lack of authentic relationship with myself, I think is is probably what forces me to feel lonely. Having not done as much research as you, I think the key thing that I have picked out from what you and others have said is that it's it's about the feeling. Like it's subjective. I think that's my point. It's not an objective lack of friends, for example. It's it's what you were saying about the meaningful connection, feeling like you have that authenticity that requires vulnerability, that requires, you know, being seen, like reciprocal being seen and understood. Um, the, the sort of, the, yeah, the real connection. And from what I've read, mental health is also connected to loneliness? Mental health can be a cause of loneliness. And I think from personal experience of feeling very, very lonely. And I think this is something that going through a mental health uh, crisis or suffering with mental health issues can actually lead to a feeling of loneliness because you naturally, because there is a stigma around it, you will naturally stop yourself or isolate yourself from others. And this is something that I do all the time based around the stigma around mental health and me not wanting to share that, you know, that 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 realness in me with other people because I'll be afraid of being shut out or being excluded or being ostracized. And especially if I'm not with Emma, you know, I would be, I would feel very, very lonely. But uh, once it starts to settle in, then that can then cycle back to making the mental health 
worse. Mm. That's actually something that Mind talks about here. Yeah, feeling lonely can also have a, this is quoting from their website, feeling lonely can have a negative impact on your mental health, especially if these feelings have lasted a long time. Some research suggests that loneliness is associated with an increased risk, uh, risk of certain mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, sleep problems, and increased stress. So your mental health has made you lonely, but feeling lonely has damaged your mental health at wow. the same time. Um, what a vicious cycle to get stuck in. Exactly. Uh, and, and there's also a quote here where it says, my anxiety and depression isolates me from people, stops me from being able to do the things I'd like to do socially. It cuts me off. So, yeah. And then it obviously talks about all of the, you know, the causes like bereavement, uh, relationship breaking up, retiring or losing the social contact you had at work, changing jobs, starting university or school, uh, moving to a new area or country without family, friends or community networks. Well, that's something that I was going to ask you about, because I think there is a stigma around being lonely because we're social creatures, because, you know, so much of our sort of who, well, it's possible to infer status from someone's social connections, right? So I can imagine it's a really hard thing to sort of admit that you're lonely. I would have thought it's easier when you've gone through one of those key moments because there's a reason for it. I imagine it's easier to say, I'm feeling lonely after your spouse has passed away than it is to say I'm feeling lonely months mere months after you've got married um, yeah because there's less of a reason for it right exactly and I think that's probably the bit that is difficult to talk about um especially because and that there are stats here that I've got where it says um yeah, so connection, people who are on their phones who are checking their phones. So if you check it for half an hour a day as opposed to two hours a day, you're you're less, you're half as likely to become or to be lonely or you're twice as likely to become lonely if you're checking it for two hours as opposed to 30 minutes. That's interesting. Uh, and there was also somebody, uh, another um, therapist who said that young people expect a high degree now of social interaction with people because of social networking. Um, and obviously social networking can be a great thing, but at the same time, when you're seeing people on Instagram having the, living their best life uh, there and you're not part of that, um, then it can actually lead to a, a denigration in that social interaction. You feeling that I don't have quality and in interaction that I expect and I expect a high level of social interaction, which perhaps people in their 50s, 60s, may not have that that we as millennials would have, would have grown up with, even in our mid-30s. So that's really interesting because it brings up that quality versus quantity question. And, and the, the fact that that study shows that the more time you spend on your phone, the less likely you are to feel connected or the more likely you are to feel lonely feels like a contradiction because for so many people, especially in lockdown, your phone is your portal to connections or it feels like it should be that's what it purports to be right social networks social media has you know social in the title but the paradox is that actually that's making you feel more lonely and is that because people are confusing quantity and quality that's the thing and I said to Emma uh, how many you know she talking about how many Facebook friends I said I don't know I, I don't actually know because I haven't checked and I'm not on Facebook a lot but maybe like 250. She's like, is that it? You know, and there is something to say like, oh my goodness, like if I don't have all of these followers on Instagram, if I don't have these likes, you know, if I don't have this or that, then suddenly I'm I'm not as much of a, 
of a person. And again, because I'm not, we are social beings and all of these things, we need to feel that that fitting in, that kind of part of being part of a community. Uh, if we're not getting all of the likes and the followers and all of the friends on Facebook, then it, it makes us look bad, right? We're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things around loneliness and, and uh, I think it was one article, I should try and find it, where we, why we're not speaking about it is because we feel shame around mm. being lonely. So you could be, and especially be, like you were saying, you know, if you haven't got one of those reasons, then you know you've got you're living with housemates you have a you have a laugh you go out on the weekend you you, you know you're popular at work why you don't have any excuse to be lonely yeah. it's embarrassing yeah. it's shameful and it's a double whammy because shame itself is a disconnector like if you feel ashamed the last thing you want to do is to connect with somebody mm. and start talking about it exactly exactly so not only are you feeling lonely you then got the shame it's as if there's like another kind of it's as if you're under a blanket of loneliness and then you get another like really heavy blanket put on top of you that prevents you from crawling out and that blanket is shame that's that's exactly it so let's 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 do the, this quiz so I, I took what i took i took three quizzes just to check because i wasn't <laughs> sure right uh, I took calm, calm, one from calmmoment.com. Make time for you is that is their tagline. Um, the other one was uh, a realme.com, where I scored 64 out of 100. Uh, I suffer with moderate loneliness, apparently. It says here, you're lonely and you're unwilling. I mean, how it knows me, I don't know. But anyway, it's saying I'm... <laughs> you I'm took a quiz. It knows everything about you. Exactly. It's an entirely accurate... <laughs> An insightful uh, description and diagnosis of your condition. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> trust anything else. So, uh, yeah, you're lonely and you're unwilling to remain out. Uh, sorry, you're unwilling to remain out of the limelight, it says. Um, thus, you choose, in quotation marks, to be social. A carnival, for example, can pull you out of the loneliness in a timely way and makes you relaxed and happy. However, loneliness is a personal carnival. And a carnival is a group of lonely people. Finally, you are not alone, but still lonely. Get your head around that. I'm going to be honest. I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. But anyway, the Psych Central. It sounds PsychCentral.com. It sounds, you know, sounds legit. It sounds legit. It's, Must it's be probably legit. not very legit. These are the questions. So on this one, apparently, by the way, I'm extre I, I suffer with extreme loneliness. Gosh. Um, so I answered this quiz consistent with people who are suffering from extreme and severe loneliness. I don't know where, you know, what, what surveys those people were replying to, but apparently that's the case. Uh, a certain amount of loneliness is a normal part of most people's lives. But when your feelings of loneliness become a bit overwhelming or more serious than usual, like now, I don't know, I mean, it's obviously making an assumption that I'm feeling that now, it may be a sign that something isn't quite balanced in your life. You may find that you could benefit from reaching out to others in your life like right now a close friend or family member whom you trust and uh talk to whom yeah uh, uh, and, and go could go a long way sorry uh to relieve your feelings of loneliness how does that make you feel when you get a result like that yeah i mean so it's weird because when i took this one i expected it to be more like somebody who just enjoys time by themselves because <laughs> that's 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 the important distinction to make that it's not necessarily you know just because you like feeling just because you like to be by yourself 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're lonely. That's how I would say. But maybe actually the fact that I like being by myself could be a sign that I am, that I'm lonely. And, and especially because I'm someone who's always found it difficult to fit in, make friends with people. Um, and when I say make friends with people, I mean like make meaningful friendship and connection with people. Um, so therefore I've always felt like a little bit on the outside, like an outlier really. So maybe that's the reason, you know, that's the loneliness is the cause that I've now, now become a little bit more someone who enjoys solitude. Maybe, but then if you enjoy solitude, to me, that's not a problem. You know, th this comes back to the definition of loneliness. If you feel lonely, that's the quiz. <laughs> right. Do you feel lonely? <laughs> yes or no? That, that's all you need. <laughs> that's your diagnostic tool right there. Well, okay. Should we, should we do this one for you, Becca? Yeah, right. Approximately how many friends do you have on Facebook? I, would, I, I think it's upwards of 1,500. Wow. Which means... A, a thousand and one or more. But that means nothing, you know. If, I, if you ask me to go through them all, I think I would remember maybe five of, no, not five, but you know, I, that, that doesn't mean anything. It's not like I have 1,500 people that I talk to regularly or have meaningful connections with. Well, let me ask you this question then. Do those, that 1,500, having 1,500 friends on Facebook, does that, is that, maybe you might be experiencing a time of loneliness then. Do you think, oh, I've got 1,500 friends on Facebook. Like that's, uh, I can't, you know, I'm all right actually. No. <laughs> okay. right, it never registers. It means literally nothing to me, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a thing about it where I could just, I could put a post out and maybe one person could, could come back mm. to that post or interact with it and, and I would feel, would feel less lonely, I think, for sure. But I get your point. Um, second question is this. How often do you feel unhappy doing so many things alone? Never, rarely, sometimes, or often. It's a slightly hard question it's to It's a difficult one, that this. one, isn't it? Can you just read it again? Yeah, it's the wording isn't great. How often do you feel unhappy doing so many things alone? I don't, I don't know what it means by so many There's things. several assumptions there. You do so many things alone. Yeah. How does that make you feel? I guess maybe they're thinking like it's a presumptive thing that if you're doing a loneliness quiz, then you're probably doing some things alone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And again, I would say that this is confusing quality of connection with quantity of connection. Yes. As a single person living alone who is sociable and would prefer not to be single, I hate doing a lot of things by myself, but I hate being alone doing them less than I used to. Okay. So sometimes then? Yes. Let's say sometimes. Okay. How often do you feel you have nobody to talk to? Same, same options again. Never, rarely, sometimes, often. I, my immediate impulse is to say never, but, but being completely truthful, there are days when I have low mental health and I feel like, oh, I've got no one to talk to. Now, I probably feel like that for about 30 minutes once every six months. But I know yeah. that that's my brain playing a trick on me. Like, nah, I, no, but is it though? Well... Because because you say that to me and I say, oh, you just just ring any time. But it's like it's not like you ever feel like, oh, yeah, I'll just ring. I'll ring Foz like two o'clock when I'm feeling a bit lonely on a Monday night, like <laughs> when he's in bed, <laughs> you know. So it's like, ah, I don't know. It's a bit difficult, that one, isn't it? For me, it is. And, and I don't think you, even with your like with your sisters or your, you know, or anybody else in your life, do you feel like you could like 100 percent of the time just ring them up? or go to the house or whatever. No, I think what's what's 
um, unhelpful here is that I would say 100% any of my friends or my family could and should ring me at any point if they're feeling lonely. But do I give myself that same expectation? As in, do I afford myself that? And they would probably say the same thing. You know, if you rang my sisters and said, what time could Becca ring you if she's feeling lonely or feeling down? I'm sure they would say literally any time, but I wouldn't necessarily then take that on because you don't want to disturb people and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and also I think because of the, I think this is another big thing for me is the being understood, you know, is another thing, right? And the worst thing you want to hear is somebody saying, oh, don't worry, it'll be all right. Or, you know, all this kind of, well, just, they're trying to fix it. It's not that bad. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so therefore it'd be very, very difficult if you're feeling lonely. Like the last thing I'd want to do is speak to anybody because, because then people would say, oh, well, you, you got me or, you know, everything's okay. Like you've got loads of friends, you know, they'll try and talk you out of it. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And again, it comes back to that subjective objective thing. Like the feeling of loneliness is a subjective one. Somebody pointing out objectively how many friends you have or how many people are in your um, phone book or whatever, whatever is not going to help when it's a subjective feeling. Yeah. So I think we probably, I think if we're honest with ourselves, probably all feel like we have no one to talk to at times. And it's not as easy as just picking up the phone and speaking to them about the stuff that's going on in your head. Hmm. I mean, that would be quite a conversation. If I mean, if you have a conversation with yourself in your head and like you just, people think you're mad, wouldn't they? Anyway, how often uh, do you feel you can tolerate being so alone? Oh my. This is a judgy quiz. Isn't it just? Good grief. Maybe if we take the so's out. So alone. <laughs> Maybe if we take the so's out. Like, how often do you feel that you cannot tolerate being alone? Yeah, what does not tolerate mean in this context? Well, I think because some of the other quizzes that came up, it's it's like a, are you comfortable being alone or are you, are you unhappy being alone, basically? Um, again, hard to answer because I think... I appreciate my own company far more than I used to. Um, I'd say I, I, I'm sort of on the cusp of an extrovert and in- introvert. Um, I don't necessarily long-term love the idea of living by myself for the rest of my life, like I said, but in the short term, you know, of an evening, I'm quite happy making myself some dinner and reading something or watching something or going for a walk by myself. Like I, I've, yeah I do value my alone time so rarely then probably right I guess so okay not tolerate it (laughs) I simply will not tolerate this (laughs) Uh, I'm someone who more often than not has have been in my adult life have uh, have been in a relationship of some description right there's something at least on the burner there is that the this is interesting to me so um i'm just gonna ask a couple of questions so that's all right is it when you go into those relationships do you know that they are not right are you aware that this is what you're doing that you're going into relationship because you cannot tolerate being by yourself or do you go in more with an optimism and you're just the kind of um you know gregarious sociable kind of guy that has ample opportunities for relationships and you take those opportunities yeah yeah well there's there's two things to to knock out there First is that um, whatever adjectives you used, I, I, I wouldn't describe myself as those in reality, but that is how I present uh, to other people. The gregariousness, the being you know socially able, all of that kind of stuff. In fact, a lot of the stats 
uh, back up that people with poor social skills are tend to be more lonely because, you know, they're not able to chat with strangers or whatever. But I think I do that because I know that that is a way to survive and become part of it. So be the chameleon, fit in, wear the mask, do whatever you need to do, copy, uh, parrot, and then you, you, will, you will be able to be accepted within this group. So I'll just do whatever it takes. In answer to your second question, now I would be aware, but before I wouldn't have been aware because I'm just doing what I've learned Basically, it's an evolutionary thing for me and not on a grand scale of evolution, but if uh, growing up, that's what I had to do. And it was exactly the same at, at school because, you know, I, again, I felt very, I felt different and mainly to do with the color of my skin because that was something that I wasn't really confronting. It's something just sweep that under the rug. And Were you the um, only non-white kid in your class? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the school, really. At least at primary school, I was doing my best to fit in. So, it, you know, it's like, no, what are you talking about? I have different color skin like that. I just, I'm just tanned. Uh, really interesting. Listen to another mix, mix, this is off subject, but listen to another mixed race uh, person in a similar situation in a, in a very white area of the UK uh, saying exactly the same kind of things growing up. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not different. I'm just the same. I just tan. Hmm. So, yeah, I remember feeling desperately lonely at school um, and like throughout school, you know, and, and again, it, it, it was all to do with knowing deep down, like this isn't really me. Um, this isn't, you know, and again, authentic, authenticity in relationships, you know, that's another thing that came up. And I don't feel that I was being authentic with myself and authentic with these other people. So there was like two disconnects there, massive disconnects. So of course I'm isolated in, in that situation because I'm not connecting with anybody or with anything uh, that's real to me. So therefore I'm gonna feel lonely. And um, that's that's the bit where it's like, oh, well, if I have a girlfriend or, you know, especially actually growing up at sort of the puberty age, um, I didn't have, many interactions with women or girls at that stage so yeah I felt that that was like that was a slight on me you know so at university um, like in gap years and actually just I went full scale it's like whatever it takes just get with anybody because you know then at least that you can feel all right you've had sex with someone great you can tick that off you've you have a girlfriend oh, great you can tick that off now you're not you you're normal you're not so wrong. So I, di I didn't think about whether it was right or not. It just felt like, ah, oh, thank goodness I have this. In fact, my, my very first girlfriend when, so, you know, having a real tough time with my mum at home, uh, she's a single parent at that time. And I say I got chucked out. She says I didn't, I, I chose to leave, but in my mind I got chucked out and ended up living uh, at, my, at my girlfriend. You know, I was 18 and 17, 18 at the time, um, just before A-levels ended up living at her, my new girlfriend's house. And I think it's kind of like that thing where it's like, ah, oh, it's okay, I'm, I'm safe here, you know? And there's definitely a feeling of safety, like somebody understands me, even though I probably wasn't understood. It's just that I was doing what I could to fit in there and it was okay. Uh, and at home, it was even worse because my mom did understand me. She did know what was going on. And I rejected that because it's like, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. It's and then it comes back to the the idea of you being authentic with yourself. Exactly. And that's that's been the story of the relationships time and time again. Emma's different. In many so, ways. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she, yeah. 
It definitely is. I so, think there's so many interesting weird. things in there. Like the, there's the thing that you mentioned about safety. That's such a key part of being vulnerable, and being vulnerable is such a key part of having an authentic connection with someone, right? And right. the idea that they need to understand you and see you, and it's not it's not necessarily about how long they've known you. You can have an authentic connection with somebody that you meet in the street, you know, for like five seconds, if you're both real with each other, whatever yep. that means to, to, to you. And more real because they don't, they're not going to know you for more than five seconds. Yeah, right? you can be more vulnerable. There's a, there's a sense of, of safety in the, in the fleetingness. It's like being in a relationship, in a marriage. You know, some of these articles talk about it. You can be married for 20 years and be in a good relationship, have the best children, still feel lonely. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, I felt lonely because I didn't have anybody, you know, that, talking about that conversation in your head. Like, I didn't like the person I'm having the conversation with all the time. This is a bit weird. I'm living with this person, but like, you're not really, it's like, I'm not really, I just ignore completely. And I think... Yeah, I think that's that's how loneliness can can really manifest itself because again, there's like an ignorance over feeling those symptoms, I guess, in the first place, like knowing what they are, being aware of it, and then saying, "Shit, I need to do something about this before it gets worse." Uh, and that I never had that opportunity. No one explained, also, and I think that's the other thing with 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 children, where. Again, you, you're in a school. You, you you're meant to be popular, right? You meant to you meant to be you meant to have friends. Of course, you are. You meant you meant to bring friends back to your parents, and they all judge them and say, "All oh, right, yeah, he has good friends. He's all right, kind of thing. He's fine." But no one's really, yeah. That's the surface thing. Yeah, I'm presenting well to my parents, but and of course, then how could they know that I'm not okay? For example. Mm. Or that I am feeling lonely. How could the friends have known? Because, yeah, he seems all right, no problem, whatever. So it's not really talked about, it's not explained. No yeah. one's really, you know, we talk about emotions. Like we can all say what, what love means, what hunger means or whatever, what anger means. But loneliness is, is something which we've discovered is hard to define and is seldom explained to children. So therefore you learn to live in whatever realm you, you know, you grew up in and then that becomes your reality. So for example, for me, being alone is something that I pride myself on being able to do. Is it something that I actually really like? I don't know. I, I love social interaction, but I love meaningful social interaction. And if I'm not feeling understood or if I'm not feeling that I have those social, you know, those meaningful social interactions with people, then what's the point anyway? I'm as well just stay with myself. Ironically, with whom I don't necessarily have such a good meaningful connection with. So bringing it back to this week, you you now have, um, you now have a loving, meaningful relationship with your wife. You two are very honest with each other. I've seen you be very vulnerable, or what I would assume is you being very vulnerable with each other as well. How how do you then? What does loneliness look? Sorry. What does loneliness look like for you in this specific context? Yeah, great question. That yeah, I'm struggling for words because it's, it, it's so difficult to put your finger on what it feels like. So for me, it looks like isolation. So that is something that's definitely been happening. Uh, it, it happens, you know, with me and Emma. Even you know, I will isolate myself because I, I tend to be working through something in my mind. Um, so there, and then then I will come and talk to her about it when I when I know everything that's going on, and I can say oh, I can explain it right. Um, so, yeah, iso isolation. 
And, and I think for all of those people that, you know, those experiences, the same thing is, is isolation and whatever, whether that's something that you do by yourself, you deliberately isolate yourself or whether you are just, you happen to be isolated. They, they, they mean the same things and not necessarily solitude, but just like having to just shut everything out. Yeah. And, and again, like that cycle, it just gets a little bit worse because the more you shut out, the harder it then is on your mental health. Like, I feel like I can't explain it. I feel like I can't really talk to anybody about it. I don't really know what to do. I don't have the answers. No one's going to be able to help me. No one's going to listen to me anyway. It's going to be very, very difficult to explain. So it's difficult to have a conversation about it. If you can't explain it, what, what, what conversation is there to have? And therefore I've just got myself. That's it. And I'm here. That's, that's, that's all I have. Again, if you can't quantify it, if you can't define it, if you don't know what it looks like, and maybe even you do know what it looks like, but you can't really do anything about it, you feel powerless or helpless, then where are you? You only have yourself. You're the only one who knows what you're going through. You're the only one who's, who's, who's experiencing it. You can't share it with anybody. No one can be anybody. In fact, all of those people would say, oh yeah, I, they're lonely, but it's different to experience to how you felt lonely. It's a different experience to how I felt lonely. So we're stuck. Does it help you to read about other people feeling lonely? I think it does because then you know that you are not alone. I think that's one of the things that, you know, I was reading about what the government are doing. They've got this thing called Let's Talk Loneliness, which is just about, look, I don't, I don't know what it, I just need to talk to someone. I need to reach out to someone and actually reaching out to someone, whatever it is, uh, is good. And in fact, actually on Monday, uh, I had a conversation with a friend whom, you know, I don't regularly speak to. Um, but it was just good because he reached out to me. And I think that was the other thing. It was just like, reach out to all of your friends, reach out to people. This was something that they were saying at the start of coronavirus, just reach out to people. How are you? How are you doing? And then therefore we don't, you know that we're not isolated because, oh, because so-and-so cares about me. So-and-so wants to know how I am. So you don't feel like you are alone because you're part of some people care. I have a conversation that I get something out of it, they get something out of it, and we feel like we're part of something, we're going through something similar, and we can we can talk about these experiences, and that it's okay, and that I'm still a valid person, and this person still wants to spend time with me. It but takes a lot of trust, doesn't it? It takes so much trust. I remember, so one of our mutual friends, this is probably a couple of years ago now, I it took me a really long time to say to anybody that I was really struggling on Sundays because on Sundays um my sister who I was living with at the time would go out to work it was a time that I would see couples walking around having a lovely walk you know out with their children or whatever and, and that's not something that I had at that point or at this point um and I remember feeling really lonely on Sunday mornings specifically um and I would argue this is before I learned to really enjoy walking by myself and you know listening to podcasts going out, just having some alone time. Anyway, it took a really long time before I invited myself over to these friends' houses. And I mentioned something about, you know, Sunday blues. And he was almost angry with me. He was like, just come over, for goodness sake, just come over. Like, we're here. That's, you know, we off. And, and he wasn't genuinely really cross with me but I I really valued that he had such a strong reaction to me his friend feeling lonely that that was like he did not want that to happen he would tolerate or welcome intrusions into his and his wife's mornings or Sundays or whatever 
to make sure that I wasn't lonely. I felt like that was a really um, helpful and lovely thing. Um, but it took a lot, and these are people that I've known for nearly 20 years, you know, but it took a really long time for me to trust that they would um, hear me or trust that I was safe with them, I think, to be vulnerable. And again, it comes back to the the feeling safe and, and feeling okay to be vulnerable in order to feel like, being your authentic self and having those meaningful connections. So how does that make you feel then in that moment then when that person says, yeah, just come over? Do you feel like that that's something that you can actually do? Is it something you want to do? Is it, how, how does it make you feel in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it really did make me feel like I could just come over. And I think it made me worry less about, because this is sometimes the flip side about reaching out. So you don't want to bother people. Um, and I think that conversation helped me overcome some of that the idea that I would be a bother um because you know you call people if they're busy they're busy they'll tell you <laughs> if you really need something your your genuine friends I'm sure would and people have you know change things because you need help or you just need to talk to someone at that point in time or whatever you know but it takes a while to trust that I think if especially if you've got low self-esteem or you struggle with mental health it takes a long time to build up the trust that actually those people care enough about you and it's nothing to do with them and how they have demonstrated their care or love for you. It's, 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 it's all entirely your, well, for me, speaking personally, it was entirely my own, um, yeah, trust issues that just took a while to, to overcome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like I could just turn up at someone's house. I mean, even if they said that, it would be very, very difficult. I think. To be clear, like he, <laughs> you know, again, this is someone that I've known for a long time. We live really near each other. If anybody said it to me that I didn't know so well or that I hadn't, you know, seen much, it's a very specific person in a very specific context that can say it and I will believe them and I will act on it. Yeah. And and, and do you know what? The the Just you speaking about that experience has made me feel like, oh, shit, like I, I've, I've let someone down, like if they're feeling lonely, you know, because I want everybody to feel, like, oh, yeah, of course, just come over if you're feeling like that. That community that feeling of community and feeling part of something is so, so important to me. Uh, it doesn't really marry up with the, oh, I just love spending time by myself all the time. Actually, maybe I would just prefer to be with people. It's just not feeling able to. Because it's always going to be a balance. You're always going to have some interactions and sometimes by yourself, no right. matter what your situation, even in coronavirus, you're always going to have some interactions, even if that's online you know, fleeting out, out of your window to your neighbour, whatever. There's always going to be something yes. that you're a part of by virtue of being a person who's not a hermit. But then there's also going to be times when you are by yourself, either because you've chosen to be or because Emma's gone out for shopping or whatever, you know. Right. And I, I think that's the thing is, it is when it becomes unhealthy, I think that's the thing that you kind of need to be thinking about and being aware and constantly asking those questions. And I think that's where the checking in thing comes in because yeah, you're right. We have these interactions with people, you're on Zoom, you're on this, you're on that, but you know, no, no one's really checking in. You know, no one or very few people would, I, you know, imagine on your Zoom calls would be on a Monday morning, for example, saying, how are you, how are you Becca? You know, it's straight to work, right? You know. Not in my workplace, well, but okay. with some others. Yes, I can. I imagine that that is the case. <laughs> my work are really good about making sure everyone's okay. Really? Yeah. What is a Monday Zoom Zoom call like then? Well, we have we have daily coffee Zooms that you oh, can really? drop into. They're non 
compulsory so you can sort of drop in and have a chat sort of to mimic the making your coffee together in the kitchen in the mornings aha uh-huh. because that's something that people were saying actually those uh the the, the lift conversations have been taken out of people's lives and that's something that we may have not understood just how much we relied on that in the past yeah yeah no they are good and I started trying to schedule in just half hour chats with people that are just chats and like reach out to people who are my colleagues but not asking them a work question just saying hello you know on the instant messenger or whatever just to to try and introduce some of those things back in um the other thing that we got any jobs (laughs) (laughs) I do actually um yeah, the other thing that I do with my team is that we start each meeting with roses and thorns. So you go around and you say what your rose of the week has been and what your thorn of the week has been. Right. Um, so you do, yeah. And, and because we know each other reasonably well, I think people are quite vulnerable. But again, requires trust and vulnerability and yeah. Yes. And 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 a feeling that you can, because obviously, you know, we have just, I was, it's on my list of, you know, how can we solve this? And I think we've just, we've just, we've just done it there, you know. <laughs> having these sorts of conversations where we are sitting down having a coffee with people. Oh yeah, yeah, it does take trust. There was one particular video uh, and maybe I will I will sort of play this in the, in the thing, but uh, it was just a 13 year old girl who felt very, very lonely at 11. And then she said, look, I'm just gonna volunteer and I feel like I can be myself in this volunteer uh, environment. And what she found is, quoting her I made friends being me it's so sweet isn't it that's lovely and I just think that's something I I just cannot relate to that quote at all it's like what do you mean make friends being me that's just ridiculous (laughs) it's a terrible idea yeah I've never made friends being me so and again because you just don't trust people to do to be able to do that right and so having those coffee chats or whatever just scheduling half an hour of conversation with people you're getting genuine interaction which is just nothing to do with work and you feel like, and I imagine you will get that sense of understanding and that sense of, of, of feeling like, oh, look, I'm, I'm not alone here. We haven't finished the quiz. We haven't finished the quiz. We should definitely finish the quiz. How <laughs> often do you feel as if nobody really understands you? This was quite, this was often for me. At the moment, I would say never. Like, I'm sure in my wow. lifetime, it has been other, uh, you know, it's been rare or often. Like, it has been present. I have known the feeling of feeling like no one understands me. But actually, I think in the last few years, especially having had more counselling and therapy, having been more vulnerable with friends and family. Uh-huh. It's really weird how you come about it, because I think of like the average person understanding me, whereas you think of it as uh, somebody understanding you is enough. Whereas I think of it as like, well, the average person doesn't understand me. So therefore it's, it's often. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So out of the seven, well, no, it's, the it's, seven billion people on the planet, how many people understand you? Is that how you were looking at it? Uh, of like the average person. Uh, and I think even that's sort of the average person who does know me. Interesting. I mean, to a certain extent, no one can ever really truly know anyone else, can they? Because, you know, you're, you're never going to fully live in inside, inside the mind of somebody else. There's always going to be elements that, that's <laughs> quite a bleak thing to say, but in, as, in so much as somebody can fully know you, I... Well, understand you, I understand think, is more important you. than knowing you, right? People know you, I know you. It's, you know, are you, do you feel understood by me? I think they're the same thing. Like if you truly know the true me, then that's you understanding me. Okay. 
Maybe. And again, you know, something that I did write down here is the perception of others, right? You know, it's the perception that other people might feel, oh, yeah, of course, I understand Foz. I know how he works. I know how that all operates or whatever. But it's that's you understand my presentation of myself in front of you. And that may be how you feel. You People understand the presentation of you. But do we understand you? Yeah. And I think that that comes down to how vulnerable you feel like you've been in front of people. Hmm. So vulnerability is the key. I think so. As with so many things, the great goddess Brene Brown is correct. And (laughs) vulnerability is the key. Because if I know that I've been vulnerable in front of you and you feel like you know me, then that's not that your perception of me, that is me that you know. No, I write. And and I think, you know, another another one of these questions from the quiz is like, do you feel like you want to have a meaningful social interaction, but there's something in the way, Mm. right? And I think that thing in the way is the... I've got something to hide, you know, I need some armor, you know, once you're vulnerable, you are naked, there's nothing, you know, that person can just come and stab you with a spear and you are giving yourself to that person and saying, yeah, if you want to stab me, do that, but I'm being open with you. And therefore you're expecting them to just say, ah, I now need, I now can drop the armor as well. We can all be naked together. Yeah. I'll tell you what was the turning point for me actually with that is because for a really long time, that's how I felt. I felt like there was a shield. I felt like I couldn't actually be vulnerable with people. And I felt like there was a disconnect between me and literally the rest of the world. And I didn't understand what it was. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something missing with me. You know, deep inside, there's something broken fundamentally that means that I am unsuitable for deep and meaningful connections with people. A big part of that is the idea that they call it sort of the nose against the window. Like it's like you're looking in at the party and you can't figure out how to get in. And as soon as I heard that that was a type, I was like, oh, other people feel like this. And it's not real. It's not actually that there's something wrong with me. It's that that somehow in my development somewhere, there was something that made me think that there was something wrong with me. So that's enabled me to see that as a false thing right it's it's my feelings around that are not true there isn't necessarily something deeply profoundly broken in me I just had that perception of myself for a long time and once I realized that it was a perception and not fact I could start to move past it and then I could start to be vulnerable with people and then I could start to get the connections that I was looking for that makes sense okay next question how often do you find yourself waiting for people to call or write you you sitting there waiting by the phone like, oh, when will this person When is Foz going to ring me? <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't he realise? Um, <laughs> I would say these days never. Okay, good. Good, good answer. Uh, how often do you feel completely alone? Because you live with yourself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, I live with myself. <laughs> I am self-partnered, which is apparently how Emma Watson describes her relationship status. That's right. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, uh, who's that artist who married uh, the stone in her garden? What's her name? Like the modern artist. Tracy Emin? Tracy Emin. There you go. Does she marry a stone in her garden? She married the stone in her garden because she felt like with marriages and things, like they're they're fleeting and transient, whereas the stone is a stone. It's staying there. It's not going anywhere. And apparently it's like this ancient stone that was in this garden and been there for years. And so she felt she could rely on the stone to be there when she needed it. But she couldn't rely on anybody else. So that's the reason why she married the stone. Very interesting. Although I would question what she needs a stone for. Because she could rely on it, right? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, rely on it when she needs it. When is she going to need it? At what point in your life? When you're feeling alone and you're feeling very lonely, you need the stone in the back garden. Right. That's that's the answer. Of course. (laughs) 
or get yourself a dog. That was another thing that people were talking about. Oh, yeah. So Very then you, yeah, you live by yourself. I do. So obviously you'll feel completely alone all the time, right? Yes. Yes. And again, this is where loneliness and being alone could get conflated. Because I Correct. am by myself. I am on my own probably, what, 90% of the time these days? Maybe more? Probably more. Yeah, more. Probably. Because I see the bubble, our social bubble, what, like, in, so like four hours in a week. How many hours are there in a week? Oh, six. There are 168 hours in a week. Oh, very good. Yeah. And what's four? What's 168 divided? No, that's the wrong way around. Oh. <laughs> well, 16 hours would be 10%, wouldn't it? Further maths so, A not, level. So yeah, two and a half percent. You did further maths A level? Oh, yes, my friend. Oh, Jesus I Christ. was great at maths up until I got... Doesn't mean you're good at arithmetic, though. No, this is very true. So anyway, (laughs) back to the point. I am on my own, as we've established, nearly ninety-eight percent of the time, but I don't feel lonely ninety-eight percent of the time. Do you feel alone, though? Well, I am alone. Completely alone. Well, I mean, I suppose I live in a city. I see people out of my window. I have several neighbours that I like to just, you know, check in on. When I say check in on, I mean look through their windows. I don't mean actually talk to them. Obviously, this is London. I'm not mad. Um, yeah, you got an answer to the question. No, I don't know. Uh, rarely. Let's say rarely. Rarely. Okay. How often do you feel you're unable to reach out and communicate with those around you? Um, I'm getting... Rare, rarely, rarely. Okay, that's that's interesting. Well, again, it's the same question. I, I would have put like... sometimes for you. I, 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 we've had conversations, haven't we, where you have felt you have had to hide yourself from those around you to an extent. That doesn't mean that I feel unable to reach out to somebody. Okay. Communicate with them though? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. I'm not like always available all of the time. Right, right. Slash wanting to be myself with absolutely okay, everyone. Okay, yeah, it rarely suggests the odd time, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, all right. How often do you feel starved for company? Sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Talking about COVID and stuff, obviously, yeah, again, living by yourself... Yeah, one would imagine that you, you you will have felt lonely quite a lot over this past year. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I am a sociable person. I like being with other people. As I've said before, I would rather not be single. I don't think that necessarily means that I am feeling lonely because I don't, even when I'm by myself, and even if I'm by myself for a long period of time, I don't necessarily feel cut off. You know, if we're thinking about loneliness, meaning you don't have meaningful connections... I know that I do have meaningful connections. Got you. That makes sense. But that doesn't mean that I don't want more company, which is why the answer to that question was sometimes, because there are moments in my week where I think, oh, it'd be really nice to like be watching this film with somebody else or be going out for dinner with somebody. Not that anyone's going anywhere at the moment, but... Yeah. Well, Emma and I, we just watch, you know, we watch films most nights, so just pop on over, I guess. That's (laughs) the whole point of a bubble, isn't it? Uh, How often do you feel it is difficult for you to make friends? I put often for this. I think rarely. Well, I mean, it's hard because, you know, in your adult life, like you don't, you just don't meet that many people. You don't meet people at the rate that you did when you were a student. I guess so. But I think how I would, how I put this in my mind was, uh, yeah, I could make friends at school, but like, did people want to make friends with you? If that makes makes sense. And I think I've had that then. Was it uni? Was it the same? At work, is it the same kind of thing? Are people saying, Fuzz, oh, we're just going for drinks after work. Do you want to come? You know? Right. That kind of thing. Are people doing that? And then there's the, yeah, can you speak to people? But do I feel close to, you know, whoever it was at the the newspaper or whatever? Mm, You're not going to get close to them unless you go to the pub with them. Uh, Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe that's it. In fact, actually, a uh, guy I used to work with, we used to go drinking at the pub fairly regularly. And it was only until I left, like I felt close to him, like uh, in terms of work colleagues, but it was only until I left that uh, I felt like, you know, I got into like, a ah, now I get you kind of thing. Mm. Now I can understand. Now this makes so much more sense. And, you know, we cried with each other. Another grown man, you know, again, a grown man who probably struggled to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into, you know, his ins and outs. And it's weird now because now we don't speak at all now that I've left that place. So you think, well, was that a meaningful connection or not then? Or was it just like, you know, we just go for work, work drinks or whatever. But meaningful connection doesn't mean long term, though. I think that's the thing that I was saying earlier, that you can have a meaningful connection with somebody, but it doesn't it doesn't always last forever. You know, there's, <laughs> there's that saying about like uh, some people are there. Oh, what is the saying? Maybe it's not even a saying. The idea that people can be there for a season, not forever, you know, the idea that like there are huh. people that are important and that doesn't diminish their impact on you or the meaningfulness of your connection. Holiday romance. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so for you, rarely, right? Let's say rarely. Yes. Okay. God, this is popular. Um, how often do you feel shut out and excluded by others? Um, like often. Did you? Mm. You feel like people actively exclude you? No. How often do I feel shut out and excluded? Mm, okay. So it, may, it doesn't have anything. That's my, just my perception, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think that's what I was asking. So what's your, internal, what's your like, internal tape saying to you at that point? My tape is they don't, they wouldn't, they don't want me to be part of their gang. Aww. <laughs> it's true, though. But yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. But again, those examples are all my, my own perception rather than it being a... A thing so much so that I'm very very conscious of when I may be doing that to somebody else mm-hmm. again again definitely used to a lot like it was a huge thing for me as a teenager and even student 20s I really strongly felt it um I rarely do now okay uh, I'm I'm sorry to say Becca <laughs> But you are you suffer from extreme loneliness what? just like me I think it's I That's obviously that that's it just goes to show you obviously being able to hear Emma in the background it obviously goes to show that these quizzes you know take them with a hefty pinch of salt I was gonna say again the question is do you feel lonely less yes or no like that's it you were at the bottom end of that though the right at the bottom end you you were sort of bordering on moderate loneliness (laughs) moderately (laughs) you could have little or to low loneliness normal loneliness what does normal loneliness mean (laughs) Well, I suppose, again, like, you know, there's always going to be phase, like moments where you feel I, a bit lonely. I mean, it's bullshit, isn't it? it is. <laughs> to conclude, don't try and diagnose your mental health or <laughs> any kind yeah, of Yeah, don't take a quiz a if quiz. you're wondering. Just speak to Becca and Foz and we'll be able to answer your question. <laughs> so to wrap this up then, I guess we should talk about loneliness during the pandemic. Because I feel it's been brought to more people's attention, not just because more people have suffered with it, but um, I guess it's getting more media attention. You just have to Google it. There's just articles. Yeah, even just if you put news as a filter, there's stuff coming up all the time, uh, you know, about stuff. So, uh, yeah, including the likes of Piers Morgan, even, you know, getting emotional about his son. Uh, directing a film on loneliness with a, with a loneliness campaigner. Yeah, I think we'll get the 
video of it edited down for the podcast. So if you're listening to this, you'll hear something a little bit different. But I thought, Becca, we could watch the video now and uh, and maybe talk about it afterwards. It's, it's just a six minute video and uh, I'll make sure that I'll, I will link to it in the description if you're listening to this. Sometimes when you're lonely, you can feel the world is against you. Like every monster from under the bed has suddenly been compressed to... Something to suppress you. Until it can mentally undress you. And then bit by bit... It breaks you down. And the worst part of all... is when it starts to depress you. Have you told your family and friends that it's not just fine? What have you looked up from the beaming and the glare? And saw that loneliness is just the one thing that we share. And maybe we could change our daily currency to care. Step by step, blow by blow, the truth is, it starts with letting them know. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so that was directed by Piers Morgan's son. And wow. uh, Piers Morgan, when he put it on Good Morning Britain, like, was crying in front of how many people watch that. And I think just 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 watching, like, there's so much that I, I, I feel like I can relate to. And that I don't know how it was for you watching that and especially because it's 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 men and it there was one article that brought up where it was like this is uh an epidemic i don't really like using that word but it's an epidemic among men more than 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 women because you know gender normalities like you know oh, women can discuss all of that stuff it's okay for a, for a woman but it's really not okay for a man to be lonely and to be to be discussing this sort of thing mm, and and the idea that men and women are socialized to talk about their feelings differently and you know men are socialized to believe that they have to be strong and not discuss these things right yeah especially the bit i think the bit that triggered me the most is like can you say to your family and friends like it more than it's just fine yeah that's been my experience this week oh yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine but part of it i think is is that makes it so hard to talk about because just you don't really know what it is that you're experiencing mm. you know and i think it needs to be you know to have more conversations like this covid has been a good thing mm. because it means that we are having more conversations like this if you're feeling lonely you're feeling lonely the thing is what do you do about it and i think as we've seen it takes it takes so much courage to reach out because the thing that will end your loneliness is meaningful connection but that takes vulnerability it takes trust it takes courage um, and those can be hard to, to work up when you're not when you're not feeling it. So, mm. yeah, I think it's a, it's such a difficult one, and I and I I really understand the idea that it takes time to build up that courage to be vulnerable, but but that it is possible to do. Okay, those are very very good tips to to end this on. Exciting plans this week? Uh, running. Running. And working. Ten miles tomorrow. Ten miles tomorrow. Yep. And working sounds like a whole heap of fun at your employer. It's not bad. It could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next week, Becca. Thanks, Foz. If you got this far, then thanks very much for listening to Under the Rug. The podcast was hosted by me, Foz, and my good mate, Becca Barron. You can find us on socials. Why don't you drop into our DMs if you like? I'm at Framed Man, and Becca is at Becca Barron. That's B E C C A B A R O N. The podcast music comes from Epidemic Sound and was produced by Positively Creative. Don't forget to get in touch with them if you want a good story told well. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to share it with your friends and leave a review. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Under the Rug. <laughs>